You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. This episode was originally recorded in 2015, and now we are rebroadcasting it about a month before this year's upcoming festival. In this episode, you'll learn about how the Urban Nomad Film Festival is more than just a film festival, but a fun, participatory community event. This is Felicia Lin, the host of Talking Taiwan Podcast, and on today's show, I'll be talking to David Fraser, one of the co-founders and festival director of The Urban Nomad. Welcome to the podcast, David. Yeah, hi, Felicia. Thanks for having me. Great. So can you start off by telling me a little bit about yourself and what brought you to Taiwan? I've been in Taiwan close to 20 years now. I came initially to study Chinese and then stayed on working mostly as a journalist for most of that time. Oh, great. And so what is this Urban Nomad Film Festival and how did that come about? What was the whole idea behind it? Urban Nomad started in 2002. It was started by me and Sean Scanlon, a close friend of mine. At that time, we were putting on various kind of community-oriented arts events and had quite a number of friends who had made short films, but nowhere really to show them. So for the first year, we rented an empty warehouse and we went to the fabric market and bought some white sheets and sort of made them into a screen and hung it from... We got a projector. We showed almost all the films off VHS tapes. Wow. Yeah, a couple of them were on DVD or some sort of like primitive computer files, but it was very much like at the end of that era of technology that we started the film festival. Wow, I can't even imagine VHS tapes, my goodness. (laughs) That's incredible. We actually had two VHS players, and so we were changing tapes, and we had a switcher so we could switch from VHS machine to the other one. I think it was a three-way switcher, so we could switch also to a Blu-ray player. We could switch to a DVD player, I mean. Right, right. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm also curious, where does the name Urban Nomad come from? This is a term that it came from a British architect and essayist named Neil Leach. Mm-hmm. He was in Taiwan around that time, maybe 2001 or 2002, for an architecture conference, and he delivered a paper called The Urban Nomad. And according to his concept, the nature of identity has changed. Like, you know, the more traditional concept is your race, your religion, your Mm -hmm. ethnicity. So it's more based in geography and the community where you grew up. Mm -hmm. But he was looking around the world and, and sort of noticing that if he travels from London to New York to Paris to Tokyo to Beijing or wherever, he always ended up hanging out with architects and they Uh. were all sort of wearing the same clothes and had the same sort of cultural references. Mm -hmm. So, and he realized that identity was becoming more about network identity and less based in geography. So he sort of sees human beings evolving as urban nomads. And we thought the idea was pretty cool since we were expats, kind of struck a chord that we could be changing 
physical location all the way halfway around the world, but at the same time still be part of sort of a cohesive network. And we, we thought that was good. We also just thought it was, it was a good name. As with any name, like once mm-hmm. it's sort of out there, it's open to interpretation. Right. But as right. the actual origin, yeah, it was from Neil Leach's paper that he delivered. I think the conference was called Urban Flashes. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's fascinating because I think it's so applicable, especially now in this day and age with social media. Like our quote-unquote identities are so transportable everywhere, anywhere. And then you find these communities online and on all these different social networks. That's absolutely correct. So I think like subcultures like that travel extremely well. Like our film festival, we now show a lot of subculture films, including music, so like heavy metal, hip-hop, indie rock, graffiti. They all have their own subcultures. When we show those movies, we get a huge response in Taipei from the local communities that kind of subscribe to those identities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. So basically, after you had that first showing in 2002, after that, uh, you did this annually? And like, did you ever think it was going to turn into some kind of film festival? Was there an intention there? In the beginning, we were going on kind of a year-by-year basis. In the first few years, it was very, very much year-by-year. And... We had kind of a small group of filmmakers, and we were making our own films every year for the festival, including Sean and I, the the organizers. And, you know, some of our friends, like local filmmakers, were doing the same thing. It was an ongoing process. And then as it kept going, we kind of opened to more and more groups, including students and young filmmakers, independent filmmakers from all over Taiwan. And and then we started inviting a couple of cool international films that we discovered, either through personal connections or the internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's grown to the point where we're showing films that have also played at the Sundance Film Festival or South by Southwest or Berlin or or even Cannes or some of the biggest film festivals in the world. So we're showing like those kinds of films, but we still have our Taiwan competition. So it's like on one hand, we show the, the newest stuff from Taiwan. On the other, we're kind of like introducing what, what we think are kind of like the coolest ideas from everywhere else. No, no, that's really incredible. I mean, like, I can't even imagine like how much has changed since you guys started. Um, you said you guys have been around about fourteen years now. Like, when did? What was the point that you really felt that you guys were actually like an actual film festival? Maybe about four or five years ago. Three years ago was the first year we ever showed in a cinema. Oh, you know, so so the first twelve years we were mm-hmm. all showing in warehouses. Oh. Uh, we did it outdoors one year. We, mm-hmm. you know, it was all alternative spaces. And so it was kind of this great process that we'd always go and build our own theater. Yeah. Uh, do you, you know, still do that, though? In Taipei's cultural environment right now, it's almost impossible because the art spaces have all been taken over in, in these sort of like government-managed, like right. build-up, transfer kind of things. Mm-hmm or project right so basically now it's all culture management groups managing all the cultural spaces and they're all trying to get as much money and the rent's gone way up so yeah so for that reason we don't do that as much we're gonna do two um rooftop screenings this year 
to try to get back to that energy a little Mm -hmm, bit. mm -hmm. But, you know, out of like 50 screenings in Taipei, almost all of them are going to be in a movie theater. Right. And so when you guys started this, like, what did you know about film festivals? Or were you trying to model this after anything in particular? Or you just felt you were just going with what the community there needed? It was more an organic community-based development instead of picking some other film festival and saying we wanted to be that. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually probably the case with most of the film festivals in Taiwan, mm-hmm. especially the big ones. They're trying to emulate the Cannes Film Festival or the Venice Film Festival or the Ber- Berlin Film Festival and you know, and be these sort of like grand ceremonial things. And we're kind of approaching it from the other end of things. Like we pay a lot of attention to our audience and we, we don't look at audience as consumers, you know, like a lot of times they're friends, they're people we see around in the neighborhoods or in the streets or in like, you know, at various events in Taipei all the time. So mm-hmm. like the, there are people we know and talk to and they send us Facebook messages and say, hey, can you get this film or the, that kind of thing. And we also work with them to create events at the festival, like sometimes music performances or parties or, or whatever, that where you can actually participate instead of just uh, buying a ticket to a right, film. Right, or just passively attending, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sounds so, like that's always been a part of what you do, because you said even before you started the festival, you guys were doing events like that, right? I mean, we did all kinds of things, like there was a a poetry reading one time. There was a couple of really sort of experimental theater productions. You know, so like different art forms. Uh, Sean and I are both journalists and writers. So I still kind of feel like writing is the basis of a lot of the things we do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so can you tell me about this concept of how it seems like the Urban Nomad is about more than just the actual films. It's an event with parties, concerts, performances. And what is your thinking behind that? Like I said before, it's sort of organic that we're not trying to like manufacture something and then sell it we're just kind of like trying to react to like what the community wants like this year you know we're we're showing this film it's called naz time is illmatic it's about the new york rapper naz and you know his seminal album from like the early 90s -hmm. okay so we booked this film and you know we got a great sponsorship from united airlines so they're helping us bring the director one nine out from new york to attend so we have this going on and now we're thinking like okay well how does this really tie into what's happening in taiwan it turns out that naz actually appeared in a music video with a Taiwanese rapper named Dog G mm-hmm. last October. Right, I yeah. actually interviewed Dwagi. You know, and Dwagi is hugely popular in Taiwan. So now we're trying to figure out how we can create other events. It's like we want to do a panel discussion with the film director, One Nine, where he can talk directly to Taiwan's hip-hop community and yeah. sort of dialogue there. Yeah. We're also looking to see if we can organize like any like more music related things. Mm-hmm. I think that would be super cool. Like, the, you know, there's a bit of time pressure there. I'm not sure if we'll pull it off, but we're we're definitely looking into it. I mean, so it sounds like you're still in the midst of planning a lot of things right now because the festival is going on right now, right? We 
are kind of like in the rollout phase. We just had a music festival last weekend. We have one rooftop screening this Friday. The following weekend, we have one more rooftop screening. But we're still about two and a half weeks from the point we're in the movie theater every day. So we kind of like extended it in a way to be able to create different kinds of events, Mm -hmm. but then at the end still have this kind of like more traditional film festival. Well, that's incredible. I didn't realize that. I thought that you'd already started your screenings now, but now you're saying you're still a little over two weeks away from the actual daily screenings. So this festival actually takes place over like almost two months or something? In Taipei, I think it's four or five weekends and Mm -hmm. then or five weekends, yeah. Then we're going to tour to Taichung to the National Museum of Fine Arts in June. Some of the films will also show in June at the Shinju Image Museum. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's quite an undertaking. So it's quite a few months. So you guys must have like quite a staff of people who are putting this all together. Well, like we have no money, so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know. So our our staff is really amazing. The two women doing the lion's share of the work are, you know, like under 25 years old and they actually approached us as volunteers and, you know, they're doing an amazing job, Lizzie and Dina. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we have a short film competition coordinator and a translation person. But so the the team is actually quite tight, Mm -hmm. but then like all these other people sort of come in and offer help and offer services and offer to do this and that. And then so it sort of grows. So in the end, you know, like we have uh, probably like 30 or 40 volunteers, but it's, mm-hmm. it's actually more than that. Right, right, right. That's incredible. Yeah, you need to have enough people to be able to mobilize and do all this stuff. And it's also um, notable that you guys don't receive any government funding, right? We started out purely independent. And, you know, in a way, it's, it's kind of an idealistic position to not want government funding and that's a conscious choice that you guys have made in the beginning it wasn't even something we thought about or mm-hmm. it didn't even seem like an option mm-hmm. you know like we were just kind of doing it more punk rock style of if the reality that you want is not there then you go make it yourself right and so that's how we started out now it's like you do the re- event repeated years And people are asking you, like, so why aren't you applying for government grants? Because that's what every Taiwanese person would do. And it's getting to the point on the scale where, you know, maybe someday that will be necessary. We may apply for some grants for the touring program because outside of Taipei, there really is no box office for independent films. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to recoup the money. So. Uh Now, we don't want to stop connecting with those audiences, but we also, we're we're not able to pay for it out of our own pockets. But in Taipei, yeah, I I hope it can stay independent. And I think that would be a good thing for Taiwan to have at least one example of a purely independent event just to prove that it is possible. Yeah, that's incredible. Is this what you do full time now? Or you're still a journalist and you have other things that you do? I mean, I continue to write a music column for Mm -hmm. the Taipei every other week mm-hmm. it's live wire mm-hmm. i write art reviews for art asia pacific magazine so yeah i'm still working as a journalist for and f- freelance translator and, and a few other things 
Urban Nomad takes about half of my year, pretty much full time, and then the other half I'm freelancing. It takes up quite a bit of my time. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really interesting this question of funding. It always seems to be a challenge for the arts. Being in New York, I've seen a lot of film festivals and cultural events that are actually much shorter than what you guys are doing with the Urban Nomad. Like they last not even a week, like maybe four or five days and always seems to be a struggle to stay afloat. And I know that some may even run on a deficit. I mean, what tips do you have for people who are struggling with this funding issue? It depends on what your priorities are, right? Like artists, not necessarily for financial reward, but because there's something internal inside them that's telling them to make music or make images or... or Make these things. Right. I, I studied fine arts, so I approach events more from that, in that way, something inside you, kind of like driving you to do it. I mean, I consider the film festival in a way to be an art project. I think like contemporary yeah. art is mm-hmm. so open-ended right now mm-hmm. that a film festival could be considered an art project. Mm-hmm. In terms of getting funding, if you do something small but it's sincere and it has a real community behind it then it's going to be able to grow and then it's going to find resources i think like there's a really kind of scary middle ground where you get a little bit big and then you start to lose touch with the the grassroots Mm -hmm. and there is a sort of scaling up challenge of you know like okay how do you bring in corporate sponsors how do you raise money at some point that becomes necessary maybe but uh i just find that as a new challenge to confront not necessarily the main point of what we're doing so i'd just rather kind of like concentrate on the main point of what we're doing which is doing like a great community-oriented film festival Mm -hmm. and then with the sponsorship like most of our key sponsors have found us and approached us right right rather than us going out and beating the bushes and begging people for money. Right, right. And that's a great position to be in. <laughs> we don't have a whole ton of money coming in. Right, but, right. And we have had some like very nice people help us. But, uh, yeah, it, it, so far it's been enough to keep going. Right, right. Well, I wish that I was in a type aid and hopefully maybe next year or some other time I'll be able to go and participate. I was just there a couple weeks ago. Um, but had to come back. I'm curious, what have been some of the highlights for you personally in running the Urban Nomad? Anything happened or has there been any one that you've met through your work with the Urban Nomad or something that in particular was a highlight for you? Every year there are highlights. So, you know, there are a lot of things of like last year we invited a U.S. documentary, Occupy Wall Street, Mm -hmm. the, the collaborative film. Mm-hmm. and brought the directors out. That was right after Taiwan's sunflower movement, right. uh, which Taiwanese students occupied the national legislature for a month. Mm-hmm. And when we screened the film, there was one woman who stood up and she said, I don't have a question, I just want to say thank you. And then she started crying. Oh, wow. You know, so it was a really emotional moment for her mm-hmm. to see something on the screen that kind of validated this, like, months of struggle Mm -hmm. that Taiwanese student protesters had been going through Mm -hmm. and showed her that Taiwan's protesters weren't alone, that these kind of movements were happening elsewhere in the world. Mm -hmm. I I would say that that was, you know, like, one great thing. 
there are also like a lot of fun things. We've had great parties and we've invited like some very cool and interesting bands to play. And, you know, when I think about all these, now it's like dozens of people that we've bought plane tickets for and flown them to Taiwan and made these connections. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now, do you attend any other film festivals yourself during the year? I check out the other ones in Taiwan. I've been to AFI Docs in Washington, D.C. about a year ago. I do, but like in a way, it's not that necessary anymore because mm-hmm. all the information's online. Right, right. And I'm in touch with a lot of film distributors and things like that. So the information carries. I don't necessarily need to go to a film festival. There are a lot that I would like to go to. But if I go through New York at some point during the year, and like I, I usually go about once a year, then you know, in three or four days I can just call up or meet with a few people, and, and, and that just kind of keeps the connections fresh. Right, right. Um, And I'm wondering, like, um, there are some other newer connections at the festival, right? I mean, you mentioned the rapper Naz. Are there there other filmmakers from New York or other films um, by New York filmmakers that are going to be at Urban Nomad? We're inviting the director of Rooftop Films, Mm -hmm. which is based in Brooklyn. And he's going to come out and be on our short film jury. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is actually pretty awesome for us. His name is Dan Nuxall. Mm-hmm. And two years ago was the first time I actually got to attend Rooftop. I'd heard about it for years. They're a very, very similar festival to us. They have lots of volunteers from local communities in New York. They make a point of showing films in communities. So it's like they show films in schools. Also, they're showing only in alternative venues. They don't show in movie theaters. They always organize events. They invite musicians, artists, performances, Q&As, all these things that create like more involvement, more connection between the film and the community. Um, you know, so like the fact that he's coming, I think is, is really, really great. Cause yeah, the, that's amazing. You guys, yeah. I mean, you guys could perhaps have some kind of collaboration or cross promotion, right? I think it, it's a thing where he'll get a chance to look at a bunch of Taiwanese films and, and understand what's sort of happening here, you know, and he helped us program one film that they recently showed. I think last October, November was the New York premiere of this movie, Banksy Does New York. Uh-huh, right. Right, and this is about the graffiti artist Banksy, right. 13. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to New York and put a piece out every day. Right. Revealed the location the next morning on Instagram, and then, like, New York just totally went nuts. Yeah, I remember, yeah. This, right? And social media everywhere, like, even here in Taiwan, I was, like, mm-hmm. seeing social media from New York every day about mm-hmm. the new Banksy thing. He helped us book this film, and we're also inviting the filmmaker, Chris uh, Mukerbel, out to Taipei to present his film to Taiwan audiences. So, like, yeah, that's a a really nice kind of, like, New York connection with those two guys and One Nine, the director of the NAS documentary. So, I don't know, it it gives us a good uh, title for a press release, at least this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. You have a lot of really interesting films, like... uh the Twitter mentory also, I noticed a lot of very interesting 
films in there. And speaking of that, like what kind of films typically premiere at Urban Nomad? Is there are they all Taiwan films or like do you have different categories? Like what types okay. of films, right? So for international films, most of them are invited, some of them approach us, but for international films they pretty much have to be Taiwan premieres for us to show them. For local films, since there's quite a lot of film festivals, we don't demand that everything be Taiwan premieres, but we look at how many other festivals that they've showed it. This year, I think we have about 39 local Taiwanese feature films and short films. So the, the features are all Taiwan premieres, including two world premieres. And then the, the shorts have a variety of status, but a lot of them are at least Taipei premieres. So is the thinking there that you want something that's still relatively fresh that hasn't been in, like toured around a lot? I think so. There's like eight film festivals in Taipei right now. So in a sense, it's important to be unique. I, I mean, I think our culture makes us unique. But, you know, if, if a film has been in the Golden Horse and the Taipei Film Festival and Women Make Waves, then I'm not sure that we need to show it again. Right, right. And also we're trying to kind of create this atmosphere where your film screening should be special, but we also want the directors to sort of promote themselves and, and let their friends and colleagues and their potential fan base know that they made a film and to come see it and to make it a bit of an event. As opposed to like, there are a lot of government festivals where the government kind of does everything for them and then they just sort of show up. And I don't know, I, I don't really like that style. Right, right. And what is it that you really look for in um, deciding what kind of films are going to be shown at the Urban Nomad? I mean, that might be a very broad question, but is there, like, what's the decision-making process? For the international films, I'm the main curator, so a lot of it's related to my taste. But, you know, like I said, I talk to a lot of people from different culture groups and get a lot of input i actually will present a list of like over 100 films to our staff and ask them which ones they think are interesting and and the staff includes like some people who are just simply volunteers mm -hmm. so within the office we try to be pretty open and i try to get opinions from everybody for the short film the competition section we had uh for film selectors this year, so it was their job to watch 300, 300 films that applied and pick the best ones. Well, um, and then out of 300, how many get selected? A, a little bit less than 40. So wow. 38 or 39 mm -hmm. this year. Mm -hmm. So they all have their own different tastes, and then you have a meeting and you try to reconcile that. And, you know, when they ask me, like, so if it's an urban nomad film, what does that mean? For me, I prefer to place an emphasis on the message of the film or the story of the film over the technical side of it. Mm -hmm. A film with a, like, a very clear and very like, strong message or story, I think, is good enough. It doesn't have to be technically perfect. Mm -hmm. We're kind of like an initial-level film festival. We're supposed to represent the newest and most interesting ideas that are coming out of Taiwan right now. Right. So what are your categories? You said you have international films, you have like local, you have short films. What else do you have? Okay, well, the international films, we break into different categories. Like this year, it's uh, 
we have a music category, we have a category for subculture films. Like, I interpret subculture kind of broadly. Like, that includes things like films about wine, because, like, you know, like, mm. I think there are a lot of wine geeks out there who, mm. you know, mm. will, will go see documentaries about wine. Mm-hmm. Subculture also includes, uh, like, there's this film Computer Chess, which is a very sort of about a certain subculture of computer programmers. We have a section called Neo Geo. Mm-hmm. The tagline there is the world changing mankind or is mankind changing the world Hmm. like those are films about the environment about human history Hmm. uh, you know man uh, versus nature right but also human rights Mm -hmm. those kind of things i feel like if you say like environmental films or human rights films those are sort of limited sure yeah old hat Mm -hmm. and it limits the kind of crowd that would go see those like there's some amazing documentaries about those topics now they play almost like thrillers and they're gripping and and it's even more gripping that they're absolutely real so right so that's a category is that a new category that's very interesting category yeah we just introduced that this year the competitions include a couple of feature films made in taiwan and a couple of documentaries made by directors who live in Taiwan that are not necessarily about Taiwan, as well as all the feature as all the short films. So, what percentage of the films uh, do you think are like? Do you actually think about this? What percentage are made by filmmakers in Taiwan or from Taiwan, and not? Yeah, I do think about that. We define ourselves as a Taiwanese film festival, but for us, that means film could be made in Taiwan, it could be made by someone living in Taiwan, or it could be made by a Taiwanese national living anywhere in the world. Right. So that's a little bit more open-ended than saying a film has to be by a Taiwanese national. Right, right, right. I think the difference between us and most of the other film festivals here is that our festival is open to the international community mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is associated with Taiwan right. or living. And what else um, is there that we can look forward to this year's festival? Anything else like new that you're adding or doing differently this year? I think one of the exciting things is that this is the first year the competition is open to feature films. So we had like a dozen features apply to us. We were surprised at how good they were. We picked four of them mm-hmm. for the festival, including the closing film, which is a really great documentary about independent music festival held in southern Taiwan. Mm-hmm. The film is called mm-hmm. It's basically a small fishing village along the coast in Pingdong County that suddenly decided it wanted to do a big rock festival. And then without any government support, they went and they made it. And then uh, this is the documentary. <laughs> about how they evolved their own music festival down there by the beach. And it's a great kind of like cool cultural thing, uh, you know, because music festivals are a very kind of urban phenomenon. Uh But here it's like very, very countryside people who see festival and bringing that energy of a a small fishing port to Mm -hmm. it. And the film is very cool and and it's a very Taiwanese film. We're really delighted that they thought of Urban Nomad as a place to show this. 
Mm-hmm. You said that you yourself, you've uh, made a couple of films yourself. Nothing very recently or that I was really... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was just curious, you know, since you've been doing this film festival for so long, I'm sure you've thought about it before. If there's a film that you could make about your life in Taiwan or about Taiwan, like, what would that film be about? I just have to say, like, I'm the kind of person that, that doesn't really talk about art while it's in the process so mm-hmm. if it's ever finished i'll come back on your podcast <laughs> so there is something that you're thinking about or that's in the works maybe yes maybe no. <laughs> so for people who are not in taiwan outside of taiwan is there any way that we can participate in the urban nomad or the urban nomad film festival movement at all I think film festivals, music festivals, are they're all like local things and they're events that you have to be at. And, yeah. and I think that's the great thing about them is, you know, whatever, it's the internet age, but people still want to go and be in the same space with other people. And I think the reasons for that are changing. So we have to adapt to that. We have to give people a reason to not download a movie and watch it at home. So we are about the Taiwan community, but we're also an open community. Internationally, I'm not too worried about it. For anyone who wants to come to the festival, it's great. You know, if you want to see what we're doing, you can go to our website. Okay, great. And so on that note, would you like to let people know what your website is and how else they can learn about Urban Nomad? Website is www.urbannomad.tw. The dates this year are opening party was last weekend, April 18th. We have film screenings on the rooftop Taipei Artist Village, April 24th and May 3rd. And then we'll be in the Lux Cinema in Ximending, May 5th to May 17th. Great. And uh, you're on the website will be all the screenings will be listed and so forth, right? Yeah, all the screenings, ticket information and all that stuff. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate you um, taking time out of your schedule to be on the Talking Taiwan podcast. Thanks so much, Felicia. Our guest on today's podcast has been David Fraser, the co-founder and festival director of the Urban Nomad Film Festival. The Urban Nomad Film Festival takes place in April, mainly in Taipei. To learn more about the festival, visit www.urbannomad.tw. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Talking Taiwan. This is your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.